Welcome into the officially unofficial Roto Heat 2021 Guillotine League podcast where every week we're just chopping it up. There's not a script. There's not much of a rundown. We're just talking about who got chopped from the week before. Who are we mad at for eliminating our team? What players are going to be dispersed? And who's wasting their fab on Gus Edwards? Each week we'll just talk to a different member from the league. And this week, before it all gets started with week one... We're talking to the commish himself, the Canadian Condor, our fearless leader, Rob Sullivan. You can, of course, check out all of his amazing work at rotoheat.com. No more wasted time on my part. Just right into the introduction to our guillotine league with myself and Rob Sullivan. So, buddy, it's been a long time. How you been? I've been great. Thank you for asking. It absolutely has been way too long since we've last chatted. So let me ask you this. How many years do you think you or we have been involved in this Roto Heat guillotine league? Is this year three? I believe so. I think Rick rolled them out. Uh, He rolled about five of them out two years ago. We did one together last year, and then we're, uh, we're firing it up again this year. You bet. So as someone who primarily plays in dynasty leagues at this point, and I play in like one other redraft league, which I am just historically bad at, (laughs) do you feel like you are good at guillotine leagues or do you feel like dynasty leagues has like ruined the way you draft in redraft and guillotine leagues? So last year with Roto Heat, I made the switch to being sort of our lead redraft guy and all that did was made me bad at everything. So um, the dynasty brain and the redraft brain are totally different. Um, then you take the guillotine league, which is sort of a, an entity unto itself. So it, it's a little bit more, um, you know, bye weeks are more front of mind, um, trying not to stack guys, trying to draft not to lose versus trying to win. To answer your question, I think I'm okay at guillotine. I don't think I'm great. I think the best I've done in the two previous years that I've been involved in it is I think I've made it to week eight um, both years. So I've hung on in there, but uh, there's some pieces of guillotine that I definitely need to get better at, and that's the spending of my fab. Oh, gosh, that's that's the worst part for me because somewhere deep down I always think, I can't drop because somebody will drop $900 of a $1,000 fab after that first yeah. week, assuming they survive. They'll drop $900. And in my head, I always go, well, I can't afford to lose 90% of my bankroll here. But on the other side, if you don't spend that money and you get bounced in week two, well, congratulations. You just took $1,000 with you and you can't do anything with it because you're gone. Exactly. And I think one of the biggest uh, frustrations is just that being eliminated and having money in your bank. Um, you know, last year, I believe you ended up drafting second and oh Christian God. McCaffrey fell to you. Oh my gosh. It seemed like it was and, a gift from heaven and it was the opposite. It was a gift from the fantasy gods. And then we all know what happened to Christian McCaffrey. And I really wonder, and I should probably go back and see how much our league spent on Christian McCaffrey throughout the year, because um, how long did you last in it last year? Do you recall? It was, I didn't get bounced in the first couple of weeks. 
It's funny. I can't tell you what week I was gone. It was probably maybe like right. week six, but I can tell you the circumstance. It was I needed like 20 points from David Montgomery and the friggin' <laughs> Bears are playing like the Rams. And I keep thinking he gets to like double digits to like 10 or 12. And I keep just thinking if they would just throw him a friggin' screen pass here and he takes it, I can survive this. I can survive this yep. if he has like one long touchdown run, I'm good. Or if he scores on the and the Bears had the ball on like the three and refused to give it to him on like three straight plays. Cause I remember thinking if he punches one in, all I need is a couple of cause they're getting killed. All I need is a couple garbage town time receptions here and I'm good. Right. And they just didn't give him the ball. And they just end up losing. I want to say that like Trubisky throws a pick or something, and I get bounced because right. of that. But so I want to say it was maybe week six, week seven is about how long okay. I lasted. But yeah, the McCaffrey thing killed me. Anytime, I mean, imagine in this kind of a format where it's really just doesn't matter if you're, you know, the second highest or whatever, just don't be the lowest. In right. that kind of a format, if you're getting nothing out of your first round pick, it's really hard. It is. And you can't cut him, right? Because right. he was sort of maybe coming back all year long. And I know that from talking to other guillotine guys is that McCaffrey went first or second overall, like he did in every draft. Mm -hmm. And those teams, because they lost their first round pick, inevitably got eliminated. So then McCaffrey's on the waiver wire. So everybody's like, holy crap, McCaffrey's on the waiver wire. So they throw a pile of money at him, but they don't get to use him. Then they get eliminated. Right. So, you know, there were some leagues out there where, where people spent, you know, combined probably about 4,000 fab dollars on Christian McCaffrey last year for three games. So um, the fab thing's funny for me, right? Like I remember spending up on George Kittle early. Um, I needed a tight end. And then after I was eliminated, I still paid attention to the league and George Kittle went in week 11 or 12 for like $3. And that just pisses you off because you spent 375 or whatever it might've been early. And later on, as the supply and the demand equal themselves out, you spend less. So I think it's a balancing act. I think you need to do whatever you think you have to do to stay alive. That's first and foremost. If you're in the situation that you're in a year ago and you lose a Christian McCaffrey, you probably got to go spend some money on a running back to solidify your roster for the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, I think the teams, you know, Mark won our league last year. And I think he won the league last year because A, he drafted well and B, he had the most money left at the end. So he kind mm -hmm. of controlled the board. When you have the most money, you can look across the table at the guy across from you that has $10 and just bid 11 on whoever you want and know that you're going to get him. So I think that was a big advantage for him. But yeah, the fab's the most confusing and frustrating and probably interesting part of this whole format for me. Yeah, I had read an article and I, I wish I could remember who it was by a couple of years ago. And it was basically like he was talking about how in the first half a dozen weeks like he wouldn't spend anything over a hundred dollars on anybody because he wanted to get to that situation you were talking about where yeah. he wanted to get to those later weeks and just be able to outspend everybody and I guess that was kind of always stuck with me and that's always kind of been my mindset but I've just had weeks where I think that and then you just come up short but the situation yeah. I fall into a lot is I don't want to spend the money because I want to be able to outspend in week 10 and week 11. And inevitably, I'm never playing in week 10 or week 11. So it's such a balancing act. 
that that's really where I have a hard time is what's enough? What's enough of that budget where you feel like you're safe? And especially last year where people were becoming close contact cases with COVID and all of a sudden, you know, they're ruled out and they're not going to play at all. Or well, and we had weeks we had weeks where we didn't know when waivers was actually going to run. Because I remember that football every day of the week last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about as crazy as it can get for any format, let alone the guillotine format. I think this year without giving away my, my secret is I think I'm going to take my fab and put it into two buckets and I'm going to operate on a $500 fab budget for the first mm. half of the year. And I'm going to try to stay afloat on 500 bucks. And if I can last to week eight or nine and still have $500 left, I think I'm in a good spot. So I'm going to read you a list of names here, and then I'm going to ask you a question, okay? I love it. Giovanni Bernard, Austin Eckler, J.D. McKissick, Javante mm-hmm. Williams, mm-hmm. Killen Hill. Are you comfortable with those as the only running backs currently on your guillotine league roster when objectively the best wide receiver you have is Cooper Cup? Who's my tight end? Darren Waller. Okay, my quarterback? Uh, you have Ryan Tannenhill and, uh, you know, the immaculate Carson Wentz. Okay. So I'm starting Waller. I'm starting Tannehill. I'm starting my best receiver is Cooper Cup. And then I have primarily change of pace, third down, running backs. I mean, um, Eckler- comfortable, I think, is probably not the word. Um, okay. did you think, was Eckler on that list? I was going to say Austin Eckler's on there, and he's going to. Oh. You would we would assume he's yeah. going to perform well. I think the, the the thing when I was looking at your roster and I see Cooper Cup could be really good. He was kind of a dis- as someone who owned him in a multiple leagues, kind of a disappointment last year. And <laughs> Is the that other wide roster we're just talking about. Uh, what? That's my roster we're talking about, hey? I, yeah, I'm aware. But so, outside of Cooper Cup... So I guess Cup, my answer is yes, I'm totally comfortable with that. I didn't even realize that was my roster. That's awesome. I mean, this is your roster in this league. It's it's Tannenhill, Wentz, Bernard, Eckler, yeah, Killen Hill, and I'm not even sure I'm saying his name right. Uh, J, okay. J.D. McKissick, you got Javante mm-hmm. Williams. Like we said, you do have Waller. And then we get to wide receivers. The best one I think you have is Cup. You've also got Gabe Davis, Corey Davis and what are they doing drafting this team. Randall Cobb. I think yeah. you can get away with having one back if you've got this bevy of wide receivers. And I guess, and you tell me if this is the case, do you look at Waller and while he's a tight end, think he's going to produce for you like a high end wide receiver too? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head last year. I know Kelsey was. I believe, like wide receiver four or wide receiver mm-hmm. six in PPR scoring. And Waller wasn't very far behind him. Sure. So I think Waller can produce as a high-end wide receiver two. If I'm pretty high on Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford, so sure. I think that'll be okay. I really like Giovanni Bernard, but I'm a little bit worried about his bum ankle. Super high on Austin Eckler. Um, yeah. He's sixth overall for me right now. So I believe I drafted this team and went Eckler with my first and Waller with my second. And then I never draft that way, so I didn't really know what to do from there. So, um, and, and I'm always weak at running back, no matter what format I draft in. Um, I'm surprised my wide receivers aren't better here. I have some hope for Corey Davis. I think he's going to be okay. And I do remember taking a shot on Javonta Williams in, week, in, sorry, in round six. So I think he could be my, my secondary running back to limp me through. I think I need like 10 points out of my second running back to survive. 
Um, but I look at I look at the projections for this league, and right now MFL hasn't given Ryan Tannehill any projected points, hmm. and I'm in trouble right off the hop. <laughs> right, I'm in I'm right. like one of the bottom three teams in the league, which is which is sort of funny because if Kenyon Drake doesn't punch in a touchdown in week one last year in the final minute, I'm gone and I survived. So it's not close. Um, yeah, I'm the bottom of the list right now. I'm 14 points behind the next lowest projection. And I can't imagine that Tannehill has much more than a 17 point uh, projection. So I need lightning in a bottle in week one. I want to be very fair about this. Okay. Cause we, <laughs> we would say your running backs are not spectacular, but I can yeah. say with a hundred percent conviction that my running backs are worse. And the okay. reason I can say that is because I drafted two of them. That's interesting. And I very early on said my running backs at a certain point in a league that's this deep, you know, you're talking 18 teams. Yeah. At a certain point, you have to sort of make some sacrifices. And just based on where I was drafting, I wasn't in a position where I was going to get any of the elite backs. And rather than reach for running back, I just decided I was going to try to load up on quality tight end so I was able to get Kittle and Mark Andrews who I think are going to give me what you could expect from at least decent wide receivers hopefully and then I was going to go out and I was going to get Devontae Adams who obviously I like him I think he's going to give wide receiver one numbers go and get Adam Thielen who if he's healthy I'm happy with and then I said you know what we're going to get two running backs who I think will get enough carries and maybe they just get me enough to survive, and then I'll have to load up on Fab in the first two weeks. My only running backs are Devin Singletary, who I don't love, but I like mm-hmm. more than Zach Moss, who I hate. Okay. And I don't even know. This was just the guy. He was the only other back who I thought would get carries. It's Leonard Fournette. Like, those are my two yep. backs. That's it. Yeah, it's not great. But, no, uh, it's not. You know, you look at... Darren, or sorry, that's my team. You look at um, Kittle, right. who obviously we think is a top two, sure. three tight end. Mark Andrews, with the situations that are going down daily in Baltimore, his value continues to go up. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen in Minnesota without Irv Smith there, who's Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to other than Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson? So right. the targets will be there. And he loves Thielen in the red zone. You know, Thielen had 14 touchdowns last year. Do I think he's going to have 14 touchdowns this year? I don't. But if he has eight, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think, you know, you and I might be in a bit of a similar situation, except you have higher, better higher-end talent, I believe, than I do. Like, Devonta Adams is the best wide receiver in football, in my mind, and I think he scores like crazy. So I think you're fine, and I think, yeah, maybe we have to spend a little bit of money. And maybe I'm, maybe now that you've reminded me of what my roster looks like, my, my new rule now is 800 <laughs> in the first half right. and 200 in the second half if I can make it. So... Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I do like JD McKissick's pass catching ability. I, you know, I don't really know what I was doing drafting this team. Was I doing something else at the same time? I mean, you're, you're doing like 8,000 things at once, 12 months a year, 365 days a year. I'm a little busy right now. I won't lie. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. And and I will say this about the guillotine format is I went in way too many leagues last year mm-hmm. and the league I spent the absolute most time on was the guillotine league. It was just so much fun yeah. for me and it was so interesting. And I think it's, it's to me, it's, it's uh, the best format in fantasy football right now. I just love it. 
I love it too. So we've gone over, you know, what you think you have to do to survive, talked a little bit about, you know, what I'm concerned about with the two running backs I have. The thing I'm also interested is who are you thinking you're going to put a bid on after Blair goes out in week one again? So you could. Well, that's, ine- that's inevitable. So yeah. You, I mean, he's got Kyler Murray. That's attractive. Um, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards Alaire, who questionable as we speak right now. He's not a bad running back. Joe Mixon. He's also got yep. Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, Gronk, and Jared Cook. I think, you know, as someone who needs a running back, you know, if Joe Mixon goes out and does Joe Mixon things, which is not good mm-hmm. in case anyone's, you know, in case that wasn't clear. I'd probably go after Mixon. The Joe Mixon thing, he's the kind of guy I'd probably want off Blair's team because it's inevitable. It's happening to Blair again, and then he's haunting us for the next, you know, 16 weeks. Yeah, that, that's the best part of this format is, is it's fun, it's captivating, it's challenging, and we all know that Blair's out in, in, in week one. So uh, it's either Joe Mixon or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, and now that I've had the pleasure of speaking to you, I'll just low bid on uh, – CEH and let you have Joe Mixon and then and we'll 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 live to fight another day. I mean that's great. I like I said, I will not get Joe Mixon because somebody out there and it won't be me, but someone will drop nine hundred dollars on Joe Mixon. It, yeah. it sounds crazy, but someone who is neither you or I will be short a running back. Someone will get hurt in week one. They'll need a back, and they'll drop seven hundred dollars on Joe Mixon for a lottery yeah. ticket to stay alive. Maybe I should do it. Maybe I should, but. I, I can't justify that because then I've got $100 to spend the rest of the way. Yeah, and I don't think you should. And, and even if it means that you or I bounce out early with, say, $650, $700, $800 in our wallet, right. I still think that's the right play because, you know, we've played fantasy of all formats for long enough to know that really weird things happen, right? Like, mm. oh, yeah. Tyson Williams could score four touchdowns against the Raiders on Monday night and he's not rostered anywhere. So now he's out there that someone's going to go and pick up. Right. So there's, there's things to consider and think about with just the unknown that, you know, someone's inevitably going to get hurt. Look at the catastrophic injuries we've had already. And we haven't Mm -hmm. even started the season. Um, There'll be weird things happen and there'll be a team that looks really good on paper that doesn't have a good week. And the other thing that I, I definitely avoided, and I, I haven't looked deep enough into these rosters to know is if there are if there's league members that have stacked and they have so if you stack the Cardinals and you grab Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and maybe you took a flower and AJ Green late and Kyler gets hurt in the first quarter, you're done. So the inevitable injury probably causes more chaos in this league than uh, my bad drafting does. At least that's what I'm telling myself, so I sleep at night. You know, you've talked a little bit, and I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to just kind of share what you think is the best part about, you know, these leagues in general and maybe the league that we have going on here. But I, I do just need to say for anyone who wasn't paying attention during our draft, and I don't mean to the draft, but I mean to the chat, I don't think I've ever played in a league where – for more than 30 seconds or at any point, really, there was a conversation where one group of members from the league were talking about getting a vasectomy and the (laughs) rest of the league was talking about something completely different. I just, you know, it, it was a horrible thing to have to watch in the chat, but at the same time, it added a layer to this league yeah, that was just you know 
it was circumcision versus vasectomy. And I went, yeah, okay. I could see how maybe these two things over a primarily text-based chat could get confused, but this should never happen. No, and that chat was so painful that I almost went and sat on a frozen bag of peas. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's... Uh, it's a great group of guys and clearly they're comfortable discussing their, uh, you know, life with all of us. So, uh, you know, normally, you know, like I had, um, do the Roto heat uh, live stream on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. with Brad Menendez and we were fortunate enough to have Paul Charchian, who is sort of the founder of guillotine and, mm-hmm. and someone that I respect a ton. And he was, he always considers, uh, or refers to the team that gets eliminated as chopped. And I guess that's oh, never gosh. been more appropriate than for this league. I don't think if I had produced this to the teeth, which to be clear, I have not this podcast, <laughs> I could not come up with a better ending right there. Rob Sullivan, I'm going to wish you a lot of luck because I always wish you luck. Blair will go out week one and then hopefully yep. he won't come on the show. I'm fairly confident he won't come on to talk about it. But someone will come here. Maybe we'll get Stebs. Maybe we'll see if he can come on and chop it up with us to talk about what happened to Blair in week one. But I appreciate you coming on as we continue to chronicle the pain and woes that are Roto Heat's 2021 Guillotine League. Thanks, buddy. Anytime, my friend. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for listening to the officially unofficial 2021 Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I'm Kevin Kloss. We've been talking to Rob Sullivan this week. We'll be back again next week. So if you're a member of the league and you want to hear more of this nonsense, you can find us a number of different places. We'll be on Anchor. We'll be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. If you're not in the league and you just want to hear about the crazy antics, why a team was talking about circumcision while other teams were talking about vasectomies during the league draft. That's the kind of stuff you can expect from us on a weekly basis. Follow the podcast and we'll be back with you next week.